I did everything right, but my audience still isn't growing. How do I get random strangers to discover me? I loved how honestly this question was asked in the Fizzle forums recently. It came from a woman who had taken one of our courses, the one about defining and understanding your target audience. The course had helped her make seriously big improvements to her website, going so far as to design a new strategy for the content that she writes. But when the dust cleared, there wasn't much change. If you want to find out why this happens, well, I guess you've come to the right place. Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! Alright! I had to do the alright. I heard a lot of feedback. People like the alright! So I kept doing it. This is the Fizzle Show where every Friday we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself doing something you actually care about. What a novel idea, right? If you don't know us, we run Fizzle.co, where new and used entrepreneurs learn how to create, develop, and grow a personal business in the modern age, like real businesses. Hey, I'm a creative entrepreneur, and I'm making money, <laughs> like that kind of thing. How does that happen? Membership at Fizzle.co costs about a dollar a day, but as a listener, you can try your first five weeks for free on us when you go to Fizzle.co slash try five. We only do this for Fizzle Show listeners. So if you are ready, get your five-week trial on at fizzle.co slash try five. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 183. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. You ready for it? Yeah. (laughs) You ready, guys? Ready. Yeah, jumping right into it. Wow. Getting right into it. You really had to channel that it's a, one. It's a wake-up call. Every morning I wake up, and, and whenever I have enough energy, you know, so this was great. We had a huge party on Saturday. Big party mm. um, here in Portland. Bunch of good friends, and we, I didn't feel great the next day. Didn't feel awesome. That's fine. It was expected. Yeah. It was expected. One of those days where you just kind of like all day long, you're like, you don't really wake up till like 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like you watch your first, you put your child down to sleep, you watch your first Netflix show, and then you're like, um, what are we going to do today? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you finally woke up and, then, and you're actually still kind of exhausted. You're not all the way woken up. And then the next day, the next day. It kind of wanted to do the same thing. Wow. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like those days that you're talking you just, about a three day hangover. Whoo, they just go. No, yeah. two day, two day. Okay, okay. You know? But today, when I woke up, oh. I was like, it's time to knock this off. It's trying to nip this in the bud. Yeah. Because, you know, you're tired. I'm Shake it off. getting over a cold. Shake, Shake it, it off. off. This thing, there's my, there's my process for this, right? I have a process. I have a process. I set a pace from my bed to the closet. All right. So I get up. And I don't slow down and I don't speed up. I set a pace. As I'm going, I'm taking off 
close, Steph. <laughs> Chill out. I know, but you know. why me? <laughs> I just yeah, figured the idea of me taking my clothes off is getting a little personal, but it happens every morning. All right, I take them off, put them in a pile, try to keep moving into the shower where I stand in front of the thing, and I keep moving. I say, "Are you ready?" And then I say, "I'm ready," and I turn on the cold water as I'm sitting underneath it, and it <laughs> wakes me right up. I swear to God. So, so what's the pay that you're the saying? Pay you don't allow you you don't allow yourself to slow down on the way to the shower. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You're otherwise, like, you'll stop. Okay. Otherwise, you'll stop. It's like it's like you know when you're like at a lake and, and you're you, at, di- you didn't do that on Monday. No, I didn't do that on Monday. Mm. I no because I, and I allowed it. I allowed it. Most days I start with a cold shower. I just like it. It like forces your body to heat itself up. Mm. You know what I mean? So the, for the first like thirty minutes, your skin's tingly and your like body's like going like, what did you do to me? So you just like you're awake now. Like yeah. it's you're all the way like whatever else happens today we've already done something harder than most of the things that i'll have to do today it's all downhill from here it's literally like I've, it's already it's all easy from here got it um so it's yeah i learned the the anyways i that's what that's what i had to do this morning to get to get myself going and i say that all because i want to pimp something out all right i'm gonna do this this is not a fizzle thing but it is a thing that i would like to get some fizzlers to okay as many as we can um my friend runs an event that I've gone to for the last two years, and there is something to me very special about the group of people who go there, very special about what it's like to be there. It is called the Go Summit, mm. and it's a small event for people who sort of are, are serious about doing their business, right? They want to actually earn money from the thing. It's very aligned with what Fizzle's all about. If you're interested in the show, you're interested in this event, but it's really for people of a, like, if you're at the right stage in your business, you'll kind of know it to go to this thing. So I'm going to put in the show notes a link to this, but you can just go to fastermind.co slash fizzle. I made a little video talk, like ranting about why I like this thing so much. I think I'm going to reshoot it. Need a little more energy on this video just because it takes nothing to, to do. And I would love to have Fizzlers at this event. Like, would love it. Just Are because you going to be there? I'm going to be there. I'm oh, going to be sweet. speaking. And I've spoken there the previous two years. And I'm not the, I'm not the talent. What's right? the URL again? Fastermind.co slash fizzle. Um, is where you can go and sign up. And there's like an early bird tickets right now. So um, it is like, I don't know. I think it's an important event. I, I think for pe- people who need to be there will be there. And uh, anyways, if that's you, you should check it out. I'll put it in the show notes, which you'll find at fizzleshow.co slash 183. And you've done this one a couple of times already. I've done it twice every year that it's been around. I think I've been at every year. I think he's only done it twice before. And it is, I don't know. I just like these people. This guy, Dane, who puts it on and his staff. I just, there's something I really love about these people. And then the people that they collect. Like the people that come to this thing, they're more, there's like really, like the stories are very real. The people are like both like experienced enough so that they're not completely wet behind the ears. You know what I mean? But they're not like so experienced that they have nothing to learn. Like they're really hungry. They're nice. really hungry, but they're humble because they've tried some stuff and it's been extremely challenging. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's like you get that mix of people going like, yeah, I'm just really trying hard to do this. And you kind of find, I don't know, you just find your people there. These are my people. I feel very much like these people when I land there. Cool. So January, plenty of time. Get to hang out in Huntington Beach with Chase. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Yeah, absolutely. If you are a fizzler and you want to go, go to fastermind.co slash fizzle. I would love to see you there. Um, this is not a fizzle event. This is just some, this is just friends of fizzlers. Friends of Fizzle, 
And, uh, and I, I would love to get as many Fizzlers there as, as we could just because um, we get, we're getting early access to these tickets right now. And if we could sell out the tickets uh, with, with a handful of Fizzlers in there, I think that'd be so much fun. Um, so put that on your list and head over to fizzleshow.co slash 183 yeah. to get into it. Awesome. And uh, I know people have asked a lot about yeah. uh, Fizzle events. And this is probably the next best thing. This is absolutely the next best thing. Like yeah. there's, you know, like, cause there's new media expo. Like I don't. Yeah. Nobody, I didn't, I literally won't go to that event. I don't think maybe I, I don't know. There's a lot of people there, but the way that that event it's is run, too big, it doesn't, it's not, yeah, yeah it does. There's not a, there's not a spirit to the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or the, if there is, it's not one that I'm interested in. Right. right? Then there's like amazing events like XOXO, but those are over now. There's mm -hmm. like MicroConf, which can be really cool if you're like a SaaS business person. Mm -hmm. There's World Domination Summit, which is really great if you just want to like fun, sort energy. of like huff on some like nitrous oxide like gas to just get a little bit stoned on like what you could do with your life. Right. Right. But like might be left a little bit hanging on like. You, so you just go get, you're going to get a shot in the arm mm. and it's awesome. I love it for that. Right. Yep. But this one is, is it felt more like it's the, it's the only thing I've been to this far that like literally already feels like it's just fizzlers in person. Like if we could do fizzle in a room, it would feel like this. So I like these people a lot. If you can't tell anyways, I, w I can't wait to do a fizzle event. I think we should, we, we need to do that. I want to get everybody listening to the show into an event and do the thing. But you guys were strapped. We're like, we've got so much things going on right now. We're trying to build some projects and do some things. And, and uh, we're trying to change your life is what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I hear you. You're feeling it. You're I'm feeling, feeling it. it. Okay. So uh, I want to dive right in. Enough of the small talk. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> Enough of the small Let's talk already. Let's dive right in. Let's dive right in to our topic for today, okay? Which is, here's the thing. I found a, a thread in the forums. You know, if you don't know what we do at Fizzle, there's a membership community where, uh, I hate that. that. That's not what we are. We're a crew of people who are trying to build your business, right? But we're all decentralized. We're all, all over the world. So we meet on the Fizzle forums and we ask questions and things like that. Well, we got one question from a Fizzler named Riley who is saying effectively like, I did everything right, but my audience still isn't growing. So how do I reach random strangers who are actually in my target audience? You know, not my friends, not people I already know. I'm talking about getting into, I want to get in the vein. I want people to start be finding out about me, right? Yep. How do I do that? Do I just need to be more patient and keep doing more, you know, in quotes, things? Do I just need to keep trying more stuff? Yep. Like what am I, she was taking the, um, the course that we have in Fizzle on defining your audience, which is this, uh, one of our earliest courses and still one of the strongest because it was sort of built out of my wheelhouse of being a designer and how uh, you have to talk to customers and, and, and what we called uh, stakeholders when you're redesigning a large site. Anyways, to, so, that, so that you know they're going to get what they want on the other side. And so I get you doing this research just in your underpants on, at home uh, about your audience. Where can we find them? What are they talking about? What are the words they use? This is kind of like, this is kind of like the pre-course to talking to customers, this other course that we have. Um, and, and it's just like, you know, how do you find out who they are? And then how do you then share, how do you, how do you make it so that when they land on your website, they're like, this is for me. Oh my God, it's just for me, right? And she had just done that. She'd done the course. She'd done some things. She had made some progress, like completely changed her about page and changed up writing a few of her posts or something, right? So that they appeal to that audience and still crickets. No, yep. Nobody's coming. 
Crickets. I love that. Just that idea of hearing nothing but crickets. Yeah. That's what we talk about, right? Yeah. We talk about that all the time. When yeah. when you build a product, the worst thing in the world is at the end of that to launch the thing and then just hear crickets. Yeah, that's in some ways, that's like the big risk. Yeah. That's the big risk. Like you you said, I think on the last show, the big risk, that everything in entrepreneurship is is risk, Like right? When you're doing, it's, it's your mitigating risk. The whole thing is like, there's a risk, there's a risk, there's a risk. And now with technology, with being smart, with going through the fizzle roadmap, we can kind of like, we can not only can we try things really quickly, but the risk doesn't have to be very big. You can go like, here's an idea. Here's who it's for. Here's the research that I've done. I did it all in three weeks. Let's put up a landing page and see what we can do if we spend $50 on Facebook ads. Just, you know, you could totally do that and go like, is this viable at all right. before you even do the thing? Um, very even like, you know, you're not spending hours writing blog posts or something like that. Because the, the risk is you do spend those hours, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And you wake up one morning and realize this isn't working. Nobody's coming, you know. Yeah, and it's a, it is. It's like an existential trauma when you've been when you've been so caught up in this thing. So what I asked us to do is bring three points each. What would you say to this person? What would you have them do? What would you teach them? What story would you tell? What for the person who's saying I did everything right, but my audience is still not growing? Mm -hmm. What what would we share? So who wants to jump in? Steph, I haven't heard from you. You want to jump in? Sure, I'll go for it. I want uh, I want to hear it. All right. So for my three, let's see, I got I, I got two questions and then a piece of advice. So I'll start with one mm -hmm. of the questions, I guess. So one of the things that Riley says here, just to give even a little bit more context, she wants to know how to reach random strangers who are actually in her target audience. And she says that she was she took this define your audience course like chase mentioned and she kind of tried to shift what she had been doing her about page was she says it was me 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 she tried to change it to me helping you she wrote a new blog post and then she kind of like put all of that out on facebook and instagram and said here it is guys like go get it and that's when she heard the crickets so the fir very first thing that came to my mind and the question that i would have for riley is what reason or incentive have you given new people to follow you and that was like the very first thing that came to my mind is reason or incentive. The fact that you have changed your about page or posted a blog post might not be enough to actually get new people. People who are following you might go check it out because they have some context. But for people who have no context, if they happen to come across one of your social posts or somebody shares it or however they come to interact with your content, I think that what one thing that is like, you know, conspicuously absent from Riley's post here in the forums is she doesn't say anything about a call to action. So that was kind of the first thing that came to mind for me. And I know, you know, one of my favorite episodes that we did on the, here on the podcast as of late is when we talked about, um, the topic blogging is blogging dead again with uh, Emma from the forums who was talking about her Instagram following and how she was trying to use Instagram to drive people to her website. And I think that she had a really, as I recall, she had a really good example of having a call to action within her Instagram page so that people actually had a reason to go check it out and leave a platform like Instagram or Facebook and engage with that content more. So for me, that was mm. the first thing that came to my mind is what reason or incentive have you actually given people to follow you if they have no idea who you are? Because just changing your about page or posting a blog post might not be enough to really grip somebody when they have a ton of choices. Mm, I like that. Giving them reason or incentive for new people to follow you. I think that's good. Mm -hmm. I think that's very solid. It's one of those things that, so I'll, I'll, my next one, my first one was, was this like kind of like grasshopper moment with like, ah, you're learning the Kevin Costner syndrome. The, if you build it, they will come mm -hmm. thing is not at play 
in online business. There are some confirmation biasy examples out there where this has worked for. They just built a thing and then it worked. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Like some people, and so they tell their stories when they get on stage at a new media expo or something like that, right? And and then you go like, all right, so all I have to do is build it, and then they're going to come, right? So my first point is, you're learning the Kevin Costner syndrome that nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody's going to come. Nobody cares how smart or wise or fresh or creative or free you are. This is a, this, and, and I, I should say like more, but I want to stop there. Like that's the thing to learn. Nobody cares, right? This is a really, really valuable lesson to learn. This, in some ways, is the difference between an uh, just just a creative person and a creative entrepreneur, right? Is like, yeah, you you can get into stuff and be fascinated by it, but there's uh, and then expect the world to to enjoy that with you, but it doesn't always happen that way. It just doesn't. It just doesn't always happen that way, and uh, and it, you do well to realize that just because you built it doesn't give you any entitlement to people coming. And I know this sounds really harsh. It is harsh, but it's so true. It's very, very true. And, um, and it's an important lesson to learn, I think, because you can totally dupe yourself for so many years without learning this lesson. You can even luck out and have a success. I've seen this happen with friends of mine where they have a successful thing and it's going great. And then they're like a, a person, you know, She's like a gal in the in like who's like done a thing, and then when that thing goes away or she moves on to the next, it's not the same kind of success. It's not like you know, right. it, it, like there was a bunch of luck that happened right there. Totally, you know, right place, right time, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that it's important, really, really important to learn this. This like, if you build it, they will come. Is like that's the first f faith you have to lose. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a big deal. It's a it's like a deconstruction of that faith is important. Yeah, and I think a lot of this just comes down to expectations, right? If if someone goes into this scenario assuming what you just said, assuming yeah. that no one cares, yeah. then it probably puts you in a better position than if you go into this with the expectations of I'm going to write the perfect about page and suddenly people are going to start following me. I'm going to write the perfect about page and share it to my tiny little Facebook audience. Yeah, yeah. And then people are just going to like, it's going to blow up. If you go in with those expectations then you're going to be deflated and you're probably not going to start off doing the real work that you need to do to grow that audience. Yeah. And all those things that you need to do are, I guess what we're talking about yep, right now. Totally. So. Totally. Um, what do you got? Okay. So my first one was, I didn't hear anywhere in here I didn't hear Riley mention that she had talked with any real people. I didn't get the sense of how she went about recreating this site and blog post and, and yeah. about page and all of that yeah. and who it's for. I think there's a real danger here in constructing in your mind that there are these people out here or out there yeah. who have some sort of a problem, need, or desire and have these sort of attributes and are looking for this thing it's really easy to construct that in your mind um, in a way that isn't actually true in the world. And so if you're not getting a response from people when you put this thing out there, to me, it's either a sign that you're not reaching the right people or the people don't exist in the way that you think they do. Yeah, yeah. So the first step for me would be, instead of just stabbing in the dark and, and guessing, would be to have a few real conversations with real people 
who you think might fit this sort of target audience. And uh, I know we've hammered this home over and over and over again on this, but it's crazy to me to think how many future would-be entrepreneurs work really hard on building a thing without ever having conversations with real people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that feedback is what it takes to get better and to make this thing useful to a real group of audience. I mean, we really do hammer this point home. I mean, anybody who's listened to this, a a handful of these episodes... Is, got, is probably getting that like drilled into their brain at this point, I would hope. But we have new people listening every single week. Yeah. Who don't know that like this is a really important, like, hey, you guys, you want to start up a business and you want it to be successful. That's so amazing. Like you're already like, like you're already thinking about like interesting stuff and you probably have the capabilities. Maybe you have the skills and the expertise to do this kind of thing. But you got to know this essential truth that your customers can literally tell you what to make for them. And you got to have that. And even if they don't tell you exactly what to, you, what to make, you need that insight from them. You need that purchase from them. Yeah. It, it, like in like that, that conviction will grow in you about what to make when you talk more with them, right? And just that act. I mean, so there are also, I think there are new people listening to this. There are yeah. also people who have heard us say this over and over again. And either they think, oh, that's really hard work. I don't want to do that. Or they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. But my case is different. Like, I know these people. (laughs) Totally, yeah. (laughs) But just that act of going out and talking to people and having a conversation and asking people what they're struggling with and then, you know, trying to dig into that a little bit, that is the the exact mindset that you need to have every day in trying to build a business. Mm -hmm. You know, who are my people? What are they struggling with? How are they explaining it and how can I help them? Yeah. And having a real conversation with a real pe- real person for a half hour is going to get you more than you can do probably in several months of yeah. just, you know, being on the hamster wheel of m- tweaking your about page and then sending it out to your Facebook friends. Yeah, I mean, and to that point, I mean, I th- it was our last episode, I believe, right? fizzleshow.co slash 182, which is all about this. Your customers can teach you how to sell to them. Here is how, where we talk about this art of talking to customers before you've even made your thing or while you're making your thing so that you can ask these particular questions in a particular way um, so that you're not selling to them all of the stuff that we get into in there. And it's sort of a precursor to this, to this, uh, a precursor to this course that we have on customer conversations, that stuff put together. And it's fabulous. I can't speak highly enough of it. If you're thinking about getting into Fizzle, do it just for this course to talk to your customers. I'm yelling. (laughs) Are you hearing me? Hello? 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 Is anybody there? Are you listening? I hope so, because your life is on the line. You got it? Yeah. Sorry, I don't know, I don't know why I went that way. It's okay. I, I did, I'm doing this thing where one headphone's on and one headphone's off, and now I'm just like trying to be louder. Mm-hmm. That happens. <laughs> just being louder. Uh, Steph, what else do you got? Uh, okay, so I have one. I'm going to skip to one that I think is a good transition from what you guys were just talking about, which, and we've talked about this before, but I just, it's, it's always one that resonates with people. And I think it's just so important is focusing on the effort divorced from the result. I think it's just like this underpinning that should be part of this. Mm. It's interesting too, because in the forum, the conversation that takes place, there's kind of like a little bit of healthy debate about whether, you know, 
Uh, we have one fizzler who was saying she's really focused on whether or not people are sharing it. And then somebody else came in and said, well, I don't really agree with that because you can't, you know, you can't eat Facebook likes, you know, Instagram followers aren't going to pay your bills. So there's kind of a healthy debate going on there about how much focus you should give to the results. However, when we're talking about, you know, letting customers drive what you create, letting the value that you're putting out there drive what you're doing, you can kind of focus more on what's going in versus what's coming out. Because I think we have this illusion that we control the outcome. We, we, we believe mm. that we actually control the result. And you don't control that. You only control the effort that you put in. You only control how hard you work on that post or how, you know, um, I don't know, connected to your customers are when you create your next product. That's the part that you are in control of. And you are not in control of how many times it gets shared or how many people buy it. So really controlling what you can control and putting off some of those that outcome stuff that we want so badly to be able to control. The, the hard work and the heavy lifting comes from talking to your customers, figuring out what they need, making the thing and making it really, really awesome. And yeah. truly, if you do a good job with that, the other parts will follow. I think is like mm. just what I keep coming back to after reading this. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. This idea of, and it comes, this, this quote from, of like the effort divorced from the results comes from this great article that we have on the Sparkline. I, I found it out in the world. It was from a, a writer who writes like fiction. He writes like a, a kind of young adult, uh, X-Men-y genre type novels. And, uh, and, and has a lot of success there. And he wrote this thing on his personal blog about, uh, uh, just about this idea of like, you know, you have to learn to love the effort divorced from the results. Like there, there's some, there's some inherent thing that you have to, and this is something we've all learned in creative work. We just all have Yeah. like the difference between what I can put out into the world and then how the world responds to that. Mm -hmm. And I have no control really over the latter, but I can tune my work on the front half so that it maybe is more likely to be shared, more likely to be received there in a, in, in a way I want it to be. And that's, that's a lot of what the, it feels like the professional creatives journey is like you are, uh, figuring out how to do your thing. The thing that lights you up, the thing that you're great at, the thing that, uh, that is that like little thread you can't help, but pull our dream. All of us have this one dream. I just want to get, <laughs> or like Alan Watts says, like any, like any intelligent person I've, you know, I found a way how to, how to get paid to do something I enjoy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just like, like any, I love the way he is just, he's like, well, like any intelligent person, I've found a way to make a living doing something I enjoy. <laughs> it's just like, I'm not an idiot. You know, it's like, and yet most of the people in the world are not thinking that way, right? We all have to swim so hard upstream to break out and into some other, some other mode. Um, but, but this process of figuring out how to do your thing uh, in a way that the world is starts to uh, more than accept, starts to demand almost, you know, and, and it's like we've said before, if there isn't that itch that already exists out there that you scratch, you're going to have a hard time just with that kind of growth that you need. Mm -hmm. You need to be channeling some energy that already exists out in the market, but it isn't, it's not satisfied. It's not sat or or you could do the thing where you try to create a whole new thing, but just the world, the, the the graveyard is paved with the bones of of business people who try to do that kind of thing, right? right? Um, so I love that. I love that point, Steph. Steph, summarize your point again, really quick for me. Well, first, the, your, the quote that you reiterated: "Focus on the effort, divorce from the result." And on top of that, I would just say, 
focus on the things that you can actually control and try to not worry so much about some of the vanity metrics and some of the things that you hope will come as a result of that. So focus on the customer and focus on the things that you actually have control of and let the re- let the rest kind of happen as it will. Mm, I like that. I like that. Corbett, what do you got? Uh, all right. So as I was hearing this, the summary of this, um, I was getting the sense that... Uh, uh, sorry, what was her name again? Riley? Riley, yeah. yeah Riley. Um, she mentioned that I did all the things, right? I did all the right things, something like that. And 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 this is partly based on what we told her to do because she went yeah. through a course that you created. And, yeah. and this is about defining your audience and understanding who they are. And so she feels like she did all the right things. But there's there's a lot that's missing here. Mm. And so, you know, partly that's on us to make sure that somebody sees the big picture and doesn't assume that just an individual course inside of Fizzle is going to yeah. unlock all the secrets because that's just one of many steps that yeah. you need to do. And I was thinking about building a business and and kind of metaphors and and doing all the right things. And for some reason, fishing just really stuck with me just now. This idea that, let's say, you know, if you want to go fishing, your goal is to catch a fish. Yeah. And for some people, they might think that all I need to do is drop a line in the water and then I'll catch a fish. Yeah. And, and in a lot of ways, that's, that's right. It's a great first step. And, and in the business context, a line in the water is like putting up a website, right? Yeah. You, you put something out there that you can hopefully catch fish with. But the next part of that is really um, what the intention of your course is. And that is... In fishing, you wouldn't just put a line in the water. You would think to yourself, what kind of fish am I trying to catch here? And yeah. what does the lure have to look like? What sort yeah. of bait am I going to use? Totally. Right? What kind of fish do live here? Yeah. You know, the, I'm like kind of hunting these fish. I have to think about them. So so step two is, so you put the line in the water, but you also need to make sure that your lure is as attractive as possible for these fish. I always try to keep fish. my lure as attractive as possible, <laughs> Corbett. I think you know that about me. I do. I have. I have. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you got to keep your lure as attractive as possible. Keep your lure as attractive as possible. And so that's that's really the the step that Riley has gotten to here. She has, yeah. you know, tried to make her lure attractive and she put it in the water. So it's mm-hmm. there. But you can't guarantee that just by putting your attractive lure in the water mm-hmm. that the fish that you're looking for are down there. You can hang something off into the water if you want to. I mean, you can hang anything. But you, you got to make sure that if you're hanging a lure, number one, it looks good. To the kind of fish you're trying to attract, is what I'm hearing. I feel like you're just f- with me right now, <laughs> <laughs> just no. a little bit. No, I, I'm I'm tracking. So it's real hard for you to to I, say that with a straight face. I'm tracking. <laughs> I got that glint in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, don't you I? Do. I got a little bit of that trickster thing going on. So so so, we, so step three in this metaphor. Yeah. Okay, and and this I feel like this is the evolution for a lot of people in in their entrepreneurial journey. Is yeah. at first you think. I'm going to build a business. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, I just need to put something out there. Yeah. You put something out there, nobody pays attention. And you're like, mm-hmm. that thing I put out there wasn't important enough or, or attractive enough. So, so then second iteration is I'm going to make this thing better yeah. and I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. And then nobody pays attention. Yeah. Then yeah. the third step is I have to figure out where these people are hanging out. Where yeah. are these fish that I'm looking for? Yeah. And, and that's when Riley says I did all the right things. She's really focused on the internal stuff, the mm-hmm. product stuff, yeah, and yeah. she isn't focused enough on the external stuff, figuring out where the fish hang out. She's focused on her lure, 
and putting it in the water. And and, the, and, and but the, but like no, I think it's almost like she's focused on her lure, but she doesn't really she really thought about which pond she's throwing it into or what like exactly where like what the actual requirements of she the, just put it out there anywhere and anywhere for yeah. her was her Facebook friends. Yeah, you know, and that's just a, a general pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she needs to figure out. And and this is true for for everyone online. Yeah, you need to figure out where the people that you want to attract are already spending time online, mm-hmm. and then how can you get in front of those people? Yeah. And this is this is true of fishing again. Not to beat a dead horse, but if you just drop your lure in the water and the fish aren't there, it's not you're not magically going to attract them from some other pond. Yeah, you have to figure out where they're already hanging out, and there are a lot of ways that you can do that online. You can just go and and look for these things. You can think to yourself like if i was one of these people mm-hmm. where would i be looking for answers yeah and they are probably searching in google they're probably talking on social media they're probably spending time on certain forums there are probably websites dedicated to this thing that these yeah. people are looking for so that's the first part of it yeah and then the second thing is how can i get my lure in front of those people and then attract them back to my site. Yeah. And this is where the marketing tactics come in in terms of you could write guest posts, you can build up a profile on social media. Yeah. There are all sorts of different things you can do. You can focus on SEO, mm-hmm. but you have to get in front of people where they're already hanging out and bring them back to your site because they're not magically going to come just because you have this thing that's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, that's potentially interesting to them because as we said earlier, as Steph mentioned earlier, they have a lot of choices. Yeah. There are all kinds of things out there and they're not just going to magically find out about yours. Um, you have to give them a compelling reason and put it right in front of them. Yeah. No, I think this is really good. Steph, what's sticking with you about this fishing metaphor? Are you, are you tracking with this one? <laughs> I am. And as, as anybody out there knows who actually takes this customer conversations course, oddly enough, we talk a lot about fishing in, I don't know yeah. what it is about fishing. <laughs> it's also bizarre because my father-in-law is like a super fisherman. So I know a lot more than I ever thought I would about fishing. So I'm like taking this metaphor to a whole new place in my mind. I'm tracking with it. And I'm also thinking to myself, really advanced, really skilled fly fishermen. They not only are strategic about, you know, where they're placing the lure, but they are actually evaluating what the lure is. There's different lures for different kinds of fish, which is really interesting too. You don't use the same kind of fly for this fish as another kind of fish. So a lot of fishermen are asking themselves, well, what kind of fish do I even care about catching? Do I like rainbow trout? Do I like, you know, brown trout? I know a lot about trout fishing, you guys. (laughs) And I can tell you that (laughs) I can tell you that fishermen spend a lot of time. My father-in-law is a great example. He like creates his own, his own flies and he makes different ones, you know, to, to catch the ones that he's interested in catching. So there's a lot of, um, I don't know, calculation that goes into this. There's a lot of, um, forethought. And I think it's really, no, I think that metaphor works so well when you're thinking about, it's not just that I want to catch any kind of fish. There's a bunch of different kind of fish and I'm changing my approach based on which ones I'm interested in catching. Mm, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm loving this fishing metaphor, Corbin. Good. And I'm going to take it to heart. Cause like I said, my lure, I like to keep my lure clean. Mm-hmm. I like to keep my lure pretty, mm-hmm. you know, just for the kinds of people that and I'm prepared. looking to attract. Prepared, <laughs> prepared, right? But uh, but maybe there's more I can do. There might be. There's maybe more I can do for my lure. You never know. Maybe that could be, uh, there's this conversation in one of the fizzle threads about a fizzle shirt. I think we got to do it for fizzle members. Like a, a, We just have to do a shirt at some point. I mean, it's, it's just too easy to do it. I'm, I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> but... <laughs> But there's all these conversations about about like so what should it say yeah and and all sorts of stuff and maybe it should be like lures looking good or like you know lures 
question mark or or just like <laughs> the layer of lures or or you can oh no I've lost you you've gone you've gone away like I'm I'm gone too deep into the lure thing we could we could pull back out we can go into uh, I don't know something about productivity we could do productivity you, you smell like, toast right now you people like productivity what's <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson's Puerto Rican <laughs> what <laughs> that's from a what was it it was some show some movie where someone like I think it was Dave Chappelle maybe was like pretending to be like he's like he did something horrible and just pretended to have a, <laughs> oh. like a like a breakdown a brain malfunction yeah exactly yeah. He's like, <laughs> Michael Jackson, Puerto Rican. <laughs> Anyways, uh, if you've got ideas for what our fizzle shirts would say, I think I'm all ears. Um, I like that. I like the fishing. I like the fishing metaphor. And so if we were going to, if you were going to, again, restate that in like a sentence, what would, how would you put it? Mm. Um, I'd say you have to find people where they already hang out online and bring them back to your site. Okay. Where they already hang out online, bring them back to the site because... What I like about this conversation about lures is it it, requ- it necessitates this, what kind of fish am I going to find in this pond? Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like, and that alone is, is, I think that's the golden question. I mean, I've been in business for a long time and I am just the creative guy. Like, I don't know anything. Like, right. And when it comes to like, you sit me down with someone in a blue blazer and all sorts of stuff. Um, and yeah, he's going to like, no, he's going to know more than me. He's like, I have more terms. Like he's like, I have a bigger glossary than you. It's mm-hmm. like, listen, it's the, it's not the size of the glossary. The NBA glossary. Yeah, you know, it's not the size of the glossary. It's the it's, color of the language. It's the, it's the lure in your tra, your fish holder, your mm-hmm. fishing, your tackle, your tackle box. box. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's the one I'm heading for. Um, so, uh, but if I feel like I, if there's one thing I know, it's that this is kind of the transformational moment. And there's like, I see two transformational moments. One of them is when you realize who the hell you are, right? Like I thought I wanted to be Pat Flynn. I thought I wanted to be Corbett Bart. I thought I wanted to be uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. I thought I wanted to be uh, this scientist or that researcher. I thought I wanted to be this entrepreneur or that uh, artist. I thought I wanted to be, you know, and it's like, that's what life's like. We're all these influences. And it's like, life like that looks good. Life like that looks good. Life like that looks good. Maybe I could be like that. Something of me is resonating with that, right? So you, there's this transformation when you stop, when that, for some reason, the voice inside you gets a little louder. And that's something that you have to take care of your whole life. Um, that's one transformation. Another transformation is when you realize that your voice can be can serve someone else, some fish out there. Like that's where this fishing metaphor breaks down because because I think another way of thinking about it is instead of trying to catch, trying to hunt and catch these people and bring them to your thing and kind of coercing them into doing your stuff, um, is is this model of like people need help. You know, like you can help mm-hmm. someone who is like every every call that we every we have a meeting every uh a, like a a team meeting every Monday, which I we, I want to name. We need to name that. We need to call that like Monday morning meeting. Triple M. All right, we got that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think we could do better though. We can call it like Squishies or something like that. Are you guys gonna be at Squishies? Yeah, I'll see there in a, in a second. Hey, see you, Squishies. <laughs> see you, Squishies. <laughs> like uh, like it would be the frozen yogurt bar at a college or something like. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh you know we have these meetings every monday and at the end of it i always i always want to to remind us why we're doing this thing mm. do you know what I mean? there's like there's people who are working really hard and they're super hard on themselves and they're literally so stressed out about trying to be successful that they can't think straight about how to do it and we've been in this stream for 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 so long and we see all these people trying different things and we've got this amazing perspective to give them right 
and we need to get out of our own way and just help them. Uh, you know, and it's just yeah. such a simple reminder. Well, in the in the fishing metaphor, the the fish are hungry, and you're trying to help them. Yeah, but I don't want to feed them a hook. I want to feed them some food. You might put a worm on there. <laughs> nibble, nibble. <laughs> okay. Um, here's my second one. Uh, it's back to your point about expectations, Corbett. Yeah. That you made. Um, there's a, a a a phrase that I heard a long time ago that I uh, I really love. It's called the long obedience in the same direction, right? This idea of a mm. long obedience in the same direction. Um, and I think that is more like what, what it's like to be an entrepreneur than, you know, these, uh, this idea of sprints or, or of, of, you know, of any other metaphor, right? This idea of like, when you find out, when you start to get a whiff of who you are, who you, what your voice is, what you have to bring, all right? I'm a lot like Robin Williams, but I'm not Robin Williams. I'm a lot like Rob Bell, but I'm not Rob Bell. I'm a lot like Pete Holmes, but I'm not Pete Holmes. You know, I am something different. And I'm doing, I, I'm a lot like Gary Vaynerchuk, but I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk. And then, so something unique is being created in me and formed mm -hmm. in me. And I'm, I'm trying to uncover that, right? So I've got this thing, and then I've got my audience, who I actually care a ton about. Because they're hard on themselves, because they're struggling, because they've got stuff that they need, these two transformations that I was talking about earlier, right? So my expectations are this long haul vision of, of slowly over time shaping and crafting a thing that can really be profoundly effective for these people, you know, a version of me that's something from me that shapes a thing that's profoundly effective for these people. You know what I mean? With uh, so all of us working together, we're all adding our voices into Fizzle to make this thing right. So the same the same goes for any business. Like if you're a blogger, if you're a podcaster, if you're a jam maker, if you make uh, you know, hi Evan, if you make uh, if you make dog beds that you use your human pillows on, cozycomma.com. Uh, they uh, the the thing that you're making is a thing outside of yourself that that soothes or alleviates some problem or adds some joy or some, some does something useful for this group of people that has this itch that they want you to scratch, that they need somebody to scratch and you happen to be providing the best scratch at the moment, right? This long obedience in the same direction thing for me is about realizing that how, how that is almost, that, that can be, you know, a decade or three long process. Um, or it might just be a couple years. Or, you know, some, a lot of my projects started and they were over in, in a couple of years. But what I think is such an important resource in this is listening to the stories of people who have actually done it, right? So in Fizzle, we have all these founder stories. I don't even know how many we have right now, but they're long, in-depth conversations with real entrepreneurs. This isn't like, you know, edited, like, give me your... Give me your hot, get, hey, what's your favorite hot sauce? Wow, content. You know what I mean? Like it isn't like, like what's your favorite piece of advice that you ever heard, which is actually could be a, could be a good thing. But I want to hear about like when were you, when did it all fall apart and you were about to quit? Like when was that? And then you hear about that and you hear how many times like that and you hear how, how you see how many people had that same moment and you see how slow burning a lot of these stories are and then there's like some happy accident that leads to success, you know, some home run that just accidentally happened somewhere. I think one of the best things you can do is steep yourself in as many of those in-depth, true-to-life stories as you can. Mm. Not the, not the, I think it's really important that it's not just the anecdotes. 
It's not just the anecdotes. You know, it's not just the 25 minute, like sort of like, all right, you've got it now. It's like, I want to hear your story. I want to hear the moments where this happened because when you do that, you real, it will reset your expectations. It will change how you, uh, how you expect this stuff to work. So that's my second is this idea of a long obedience in the same direction. This thing takes time. And so something that can help you get your, get your expectations straight on that is just listening to longer in-depth conversations with entrepreneurs who have actually done it as they just tell their story, mm. you know, and just recognizing how yeah. long the journey how was winding. And, yeah. and, you know, you just don't know, you don't know, Oh, maybe I'll be this person. Or maybe I'll be that, you know, they're, they have that same thing that you're going through. Right. And they're just, they just, they got, they just been doing it for longer mm-hmm. and they got, they got some breaks or they, they had, they had some mentor. They had, they had a, they had a resource. They had something that got them into a place where they got traction, you know, cause I think that's kind of what we're all, that's what Riley's asking about. That's what we're all trying to get to once the world, you know, you're doing all this work to what's the effort I can put into the world. And then once we're all just trying to get to the point where the world goes like, oh, that's good. This is important. We should pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. Right. We're all just working for that. And that's traction. That's when they start showing up. That's when they start buying and clicking and subscribing and all these things that we want. But the real work isn't the tactics that make your button more clickable, right? Yep. The real work is like you found a niche that nobody else is scratching. Right. You know, and your voice was kind of kind of almost like perfect for doing that this way. That's the dream. And then everything else leads to either burnout or not or no traction, it seems like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is like the dream. So that's my second one. That's my second. What do you think, Steph? You got another one? I got another one. And I think it's actually a good segue from what you just discussed. And I'll also throw out, it just makes me think we've, we've mentioned the quote on the show before. Don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle or someone else's end. And I know that one always resonates with people because it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to look at the very beginning of your story and feel like you're never as good as someone else who's been at it for so long. And it's just important to have that context that you mentioned. Um, But for me, my third one is similar, but different. So the question that I had is who is and Corbett touched on this a little bit too, but who is doing similar work in your space and who can you connect with partner with and observe? So mm. there's kind of like two sides to this one. Corbett very briefly mentioned the you know, opportunity of guest posting or trying to connect with other people that can help you expand your audience. That's a little bit more tactical, which is great. But another, another thing we talk about so much on this show, but also within Fizzle, I mean, one of the stages of the roadmap is connection. We talk a lot about connection and how important that is, especially for these exact moments that we're talking about right now. This is the time when having a mastermind group or a crew of people that you bounce ideas off of, that can really be the difference between saying, you know what? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to tweak, you know, here and there and make this thing better. Or if you're by yourself, you might just say, you know what? Screw this. It's easier to just get up and do my day job and come home and tend to all my responsibilities because I got a lot of shit going on. Right. Mm. So I think having that connection is really sometimes the difference between saying, no, this is worthwhile. I can do this. I can keep going and I can improve. And, you know, the other end of that, which is just saying this isn't worth my time and and I'm not good enough to be doing this work anyway. So I just think this is a great example of why that connection is there. And funnily enough, Riley, when she posted this, even says that the the whole reason that she came to the forums is because she's working through our roadmap. And, you know, in, in the connection stage, we encourage people to come to the forum and just like 
do a brain dump of what's bothering you right now or what's hard about your business. So Riley did that. And now all of a sudden she's got like this just huge, you know, backlash of awesome feedback that she can apply to her business. So Mm. summary for that for me would be connection and finding people, whether it's a mastermind group or a forum or a Facebook group or a local meetup or some, you know, trusted advisory of people that can keep you going in your business and, and keep you from just giving up altogether. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point because there's just this like I was talking to someone this morning, there's just this like spark that you have that's like this like that little connection you have to the motivation to keep trying. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that can totally get blown out. This little like flame somewhere and you're doing all of this crazy stuff to keep all these plates spinning in the air and that could totally get blown out. And if when that goes, it's like it's gone. You know, and when you're when you have this mastermind group or some sort of connection with people like like Riley, like you said, like Riley has right now with people responding, going like, oh, my God, I totally have been there. Like there's one down below where someone was just like, I have totally been here, you know, and then like and even if, if that was it, that's like that can be enough to kind of boost that flame a little bit more and feel almost more connected to what you're doing because you're not alone. Exactly. Such a big deal. Such a big deal. All right, Corbett, what you got? Uh, up next for me is this concept of you're just going to have to grind it out. I think there's a, this feeling that, you know, I, if I just do all the right things, then everything's going to click. Mm. And looking back, nothing ever really clicks. Yeah. It does, it does in hindsight, but in the moment you never feel that you're always questioning, am I in the right direction? And you never feel one day like you wake up and, and you know, you got some comment from someone or um, launch something that that all of a sudden just makes everything um, clear. Mm-hmm. Nothing is really that clear in the moment. And so you just have to grind this thing out. And in terms of building an audience for Riley specifically, what it means is you're not going to open the doors and suddenly a flood of people are going to come in. Yeah. You're going to have to win over one person mm. this week yeah, 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 and then next week two people mm. and then hopefully the week after that four people and just on and on and on and show up every day or every week yeah. and try to put this thing that you believe is useful for people out in the world and one by one win over audience members yeah customers um in just this really one foot in front of the other grinding it out kind of thing we um you know launched our new version of the start a blog that matters course a few months ago a couple months ago and one of the big points that we made in that course is just this idea of launching the blog isn't the end game Mm. the end game is getting a hundred blog posts deep Mm -hmm. and all of the learning and all the attraction of of customers and things that you've done along the way and so that's the real work of showing up every day or every week and doing yeah. the thing that you need to do over and over and over again um, because the results just take a lot of time and a lot of effort. So for Riley, I think, you know, that feeling of I did all the right things and nobody showed up yeah. is misguided because doing all the right things means showing up week after week after week and repeating that process of being useful. Yikes, man, this is a really good point. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of my long obedience in the same direction thing is really kind of a lighter version of what you're saying, which is true. As I look back, it's like, it's it's not a long obedience and like things are going well. I know that I'm doing the right thing. It's a long obedience of like, I'm not sure if this is correct. Right. But 
and you're and it is it's a feeling of effort it's a feeling of effort it's not a feeling of of like i i did a a a facebook video recently it's like most of us like i think we all dream of doing more sailing in our business and less rowing do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I still haven't caught a gust of wind like very much at all. You know, partnering with you, you had an audience that that was that was that was large of people who already trusted you. That, but that was all ground out. Like you grind grinded. Yeah. You grinded so hard. It was like a Russian dance floor. You were just grinding everyone. <laughs> you got them all to the point. Uh he just shakes his head. Just go, I'm not sure what that means. I like to get carnal with American women. <laughs> you remember how great that movie was with uh, uh, Elijah Wood, uh, and he's he's figuring out about his homeland. Oh, it's so oh, oh man, oh it's so good. Missed dude. it. So good, so good. Someone in there is, knows the name. You're, don't comment on it. Fizzle Show. That calls 183. Um, I love I love that point. I love that point a lot. You are going to have to grind it out. That's what it will feel like when you're successful and you look back. It you will see the grinding it out. You won't see like the right. you were brilliant. You had a better idea than somebody else. You this that and the other. It's like I didn't give up. And, and it was it was like and it, you know what's interesting is it's always a little harder than you wish it was, but it's never so like devastatingly difficult. You know, it's never like, like way intense. You know, you're never picking up a boulder three times the weight of you. Right. You're just picking up a boulder like about your weight. Over and over and over. <laughs> over and over and over. Right. You know, I like that. Um, I think that's that's all from you guys, right? Yeah. It's just my last one. Mm-hmm. And I'll just keep this one real practical. Um, I think one simple thing that you can do, Riley or anybody else, Who's specifically to, to bloggers? Um, but let's see if we can come up with an idea that that's that would could be like sort of used on for everybody. It's just an idea of like a series of ten posts that are sort of designed from ten customer conversations. So you do take the customer conversations course. You talk to ten people who have and uh, who have this uh, desire or issue or or problem that you want to help them uh, that your business is about right? That your blog is about. You have a 10 minute to 30 minute conversation with them following the customer conversation course methodology, which is really simple. And from each one of those, you create a blog post, which might be, oh, she said this thing, or he asked that question, or she told that story, or he actually finally at the end opened up and it was actually really powerful about this. Um, Those are real moments that then either you can talk about those moments or you can just talk about what how to answer that question that that person asked you know what i mean or something like that what's great about this is it gives you something to write and it gives you content to write about that is um coming from at least a real person another person outside of yourself who has something that you resonate with right i love this i love i love this for like but of course it's work uh it's kind of like grinding it out you'd have to grind out some of those and i bet if you did that if you did 10 in 10 weeks you would be you'd look back on those 10 posts and be pretty dink proud i bet you would but that's just that's just my hunch and if your business isn't anything like that you come up with a project you you, you the project is talk to 10 customers and then you and then you come up with a with a project uh that falls from that some sort of Facebook campaign or a microsite or a video that you create or something, who knows what, right? But things designed from customer conversations, um, you'll feel different about those than things that you kind of just make up with in, the, in the darkness of your mind and go like, I bet people would like that. I really hope they do. All right. Totally. <laughs> All right. 
Oh. All right, Riley, and everybody else asking this question about I did everything right, but my audience still isn't growing. What I love about this conversation is you just kind of got a master class in what I call like sort of, um, I mean, I sometimes call it like, like a, you know, small time entrepreneurship, but it's small time professional entrepreneurship, you know, and it's exactly what grows into big time entrepreneurship. It's the same thing, just a smaller amount of employees, you know, and um, the thing that I like about it so much is these are a lot of these are just mindset things. Mm-hmm. This is just mindset. You're going to sit in this for some people. This is probably going to be like, oh, my God, this is so helpful. And for others, they're going to be like, uh, but you didn't talk about Snapchat. <laughs> 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 I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Steph Crowder. And I'll see you there. Or we'll, we'll see, see you another, another time. time. <laughs> I said I instead of will. <laughs> so there you have it. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, Riley, for being brave enough to ask. And hey, you guys, what if you asked for help like Riley did? Wouldn't that be an interesting novel idea? Fizzleshow.co slash 183. This is episode 183. That's where you're going to find show notes conversation. I made a little notes there. And the link to that conference. Can we talk about it again for a second? It's called the Go Summit. And if you have any inkling at all, any desire to be in the same room with fellow fizzlers or fizzle show listeners and small business builders, then let's do it, man. I am going to be there and I'm pumped up for it. We're, they're giving us, the, the, the people at, at Go, the Go Summit are giving us $100 off the ticket price because I asked <laughs> and they said yes and they're just kind, right? All that and more at fizzleshow.co slash 183. I'd love to see you there. Here's an iTunes review. Got a little one for us. Got it. Got one with two stars from Sean CFP in the USA who says, I like the podcast, but too much of the airtime is wasted. I just listened to the 25 top tips to improve your workflow. It was about a 50-minute podcast, and the first 20 minutes was wasted time. I kept hitting jump 15 seconds until you got to your content. Now that is sort of tempered for me from this one from Miss Cotter in Canada who says, with five stars, I owe a lot, if not all, of my success in business due to these guys. In so much as thanks to them, I got started and have an insanely well-defined path to follow. They're motivational, they're real above all, and they've got some gems of insights hidden amongst all the joking and side stories. Now that I've finally joined Fizzle and put a face to the voices in the weekly coaching calls, I find it even more enjoyable to listen to them and have more empathy <laughs> more empathy for the roundabout way they get to their points. <laughs> Maybe it isn't. I know I sort of like, I understand why Chase is the way he is. I know, I know I've had a little couple calls with them. It's like, I can understand why they're so broken and bad at radio. <laughs> I love this. I love it. Thank you so much for both of your reviews. Sean, I love your honesty. I appreciate it. I'm hearing you. Miss Cotter, thank you so much. I'm so happy you're on the path. And dear listener, you know our goal here is to help you make 
an impact on your business. Take a step every single week. Make an impact. What does that even mean? I don't know. I just want you not to give up. And I want you to give a little bit more of yourself to it this week. And a little bit more for those of you who are like sort of side hustling it, right? I don't know. There's a lot to think about. And we want this show to just continue to be a place where we can help kind of mentor you through those things. Okay? So if you like this show, please leave us a review. It helps us keep on going with this thing. It just also hopefully helps other people find the show. And honestly, I just like how many reviews we have. I want more. I read every single one that comes. So please help us out if you can. All right. Listen, here's I'm, I'm sending you out on a quote from Rumi who says, let yourself be silently drawn by the stronger pull of what you really love. Let yourself be silently drawn by the stronger pull of what you really love. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.